Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. I am so excited that you're here and so excited that you're tuning in. This episode is going to be a juicy one. I've had a lot of people have questions about um, reducing their cost of goods. And so I'm just really excited about this episode because my very dear friend, Shelly Chadwick, is joining us for this episode, and she's going to break down how she reduced her cost of goods and share some helpful tips that helped her. So Shelly has been in the veterinary industry for over 21 years and has been handling an inventory role for at least 15 years. She is currently the Inventory and Equipment Coordinator at Winslow Animal Hospital. She also has experience as an orthopedic surgical nurse and pharmacy technician. She is a certified veterinary technician, veterinary dental technician, holds a Certificate of Small Animal Pain Management from the University of Tennessee, and most recently earned her Certified Veterinary Inventory Professional Certification. Welcome to the show, Shelly. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited to be here with you today. Of course, it's my pleasure. So tell us your story. How did you get started in vet med? Okay, so pretty much the same line that everybody in vet med has, you know, from day one, I always felt I connected with animals so much more than I connected with humans. I had more animal friends than I had human friends. <laughs> it was just a normal thing for me. Um, I had initially, after high school, um, decided to go to a trade school at the recommendation of my um, one professor at the time. So I went to culinary school and I absolutely hated it. Um, we actually joke that I only went there to meet my husband, which I've been with for <laughs> 23 years now. Um, I decided to leave culinary school. I got a job at the shelter and that was closer fit, but it wasn't the fit. Mm-hmm. I had taken my mom's cat to the vet um, and I've, we had been going to that veterinary hospital since I was about five years old and I was talking to the CSR there and you know how CSRs are. They're basically the cheerleaders for the entire veterinary field. And, <laughs> you know, they've seen it all, they've done it all. So she was like, you should really apply here. So I did. And I worked in that position for uh, 15 years. Well, I worked in that hospital for 15 years. Um, I started cleaning cages, mopping floors, taking the trash out, um, then got, you know, the allowance to actually, you know, start handling the animals, walking the dogs, you know, handling cats for sub fluids. And it was a match. It was a match made in heaven. And I haven't looked back since day one. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. Um, and it's very interesting that you started at culinary school. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and everybody asks now, they're like, oh, you know, do you cook dinner every night? And it's like, no, that's why I left culinary. <laughs> my my husband does a lot of the cooking. He's he's the boss on that one, <laughs> which coincides, uh, he actually left culinary too, and he's an analytical chemist now. So neither one of us stayed in the field. 
<laughs> yeah, and I feel like analytical analytic chemist is a very departure from culinary school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complete opposite direction. That's why we joke. We literally went there to meet each other, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes worlds collide like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when you... So how then did you kind of start managing inventory? Did it kind of find you? Or after working in a practice where you're like, ooh, I think inventory would be a really good fit for me? It definitely found me. Um, I was at a time at my previous animal hospital. Like I said, I was there for 15 years. Got to a point where it was like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? And they were like, well, you can help us order things. And it was kind of fun. Yeah, going through. I mean, basically, you you get paid to go shopping with somebody else's credit card. And (laughs) then you really try to find those deals, you know, and then it's a game to me anyway. What can I get? Where can I get it cheaper? How can I get it cheaper? And then just kind of went from there. And then once I came to my um, hospital that I've been at now for about six years, I had started an orthopedic, went through, was actually in a massive car accident. I got hit head on by a drunk driver. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so he left me permanently disabled, so I was no longer able to stand to actually do the orthopedic surgeries, and orthopedic surgery was my dream job. It was, I went into work every single day, I love my job, this is the best thing in the world. So I was like, I need to focus this energy somewhere where I can really make a difference. Mm -hmm. And um, they had, uh, my hospital is absolutely amazing. You know, they came in and they said, you know, the day after my accident, they were like, we don't care how long you're out. We don't care what capacity you come back in, whether you're in a wheelchair, it doesn't matter. You have a job with us. And that solidified my loyalty to them right there. It was just immediate. So they brought me back as a pharmacy position, which is amazing because that gave me all of the base knowledge of the hospital and the hospital's pharmacy workings to actually go be the inventory manager once they asked me to, to fill that position after the, um, the woman who had been doing it for about a year um, was moving. So there was an open position. They asked if I wanted it. I thought about it for a really long time and then accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, your story like gives me chills. I'm like, I'm so glad that you are here. And oh, thank um, you. So glad that you're here. And also, it sounds like your practice is just is really incredible and supportive. And I like have like goosebumps and chills right now that I'm just like, so glad you're here. <laughs> I, I I cannot say enough wonderful things about the hospital that I'm at now is Winslow Animal Hospital. They even when it came up to the, the CVIP course, I mean, I know you had posted things like letters on how to convince your hospital to allow you to do this program. And there was never a question. It was, I went to my practice owner and I said, hey, this is something I really want to do. And I want to be in that first class and and I want to do well. And literally they opened up every single door for me. And I just, I wish every other hospital would do the same thing. Yeah. That's so amazing. So um, when you kind of started did you kind of come into an established inventory system or did you kind of have to do um, and really kind of create your inventory strategy? Did you, what did you kind of like as an inventory manager, where did you kind of like come into? So I was incredibly lucky in the fact that we had an established inventory system, but I called it like inventory light. So we didn't really use, we didn't fully utilize everything in our PIMS. So we use Avamark 
And there's so much more that Avamark can do than what we were using. We were doing the reorder tags, but we still had the paper want list and you couldn't read people's handwriting. So it kind of <laughs> made it confusing. Um, we didn't use variances at all or anything like that. So the bones were very good, but the rest will follow as the song goes. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It was a little bit of, little bit of both, right? So there's yeah. some room for growth, but there was like some good bones there. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, in kind of like your journey as an inventory manager, was there kind of like a specific moment or a challenge you had where you're like, Ooh, I think we could do better. I want to do better. Um, you know, what did that look like for you? Okay, so basically when I when I came in, you would go into Avamark and there would be items like Gabapentin 100, negative 5,000. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know that's not right. I know I need to fix this. How do I fix it? So that's when we started really using um, variances and actually putting in reasoning. Like, okay, I'm adjusting this medication to the proper amount from, you know, X number to Y number and actually have a reason behind it. Was it expired? Did somebody drop the bottle? Did it break? Did, you know, are there broken tablets and I can track it now. Mm -hmm. But that was one of those things where I was like, I have no idea why this number's off to start with. And then once we started really slimming everything down and, and streamlining it, now we have that that answer. Okay, well, I'm I'm out 180 tablets of gabapentin. Why is that? You know, oh, because Cubex never updated the total. Okay, got it. Now we can move forward. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I I think my first year as an inventory manager, um, and things hadn't been counted in like nine years in Avamark, and I think like gabapentin was like I think that was one of the ones where it was like negative seventeen thousand or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and those ones you just you literally have to just look at it and laugh and you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and i think at the time um fluids were tracked per mill and it was like oh. there was like 18 million mills on hand and i was like okay <laughs> like I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, when you have to sit there and count each individual cotton ball and gauze square, you're like, this something's got to change. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, there has to be a better way here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about becoming a certified veterinary inventory professional. I have absolutely loved watching your journey through the course. You have such like a drive and you're so just inspiring. So when you first joined the course, what was kind of your vision you had for yourself and for your inventory? Okay, so the the vision I had for myself was, you know, at the at the bottom of it, there's this okay, there's this really cool certification and it's new and I have to get it. You know that that competitive side of me, I understand that completely. But the more practical side was, I have a lot of questions that I can't answer myself. You know, I. I need to know if I'm going to do this and I'm going to do the best for my hospital, I need to know how to answer my own questions or find where I can get the information to find them. And, you know, you had been hinting for a while at the course coming up and I was so excited about it. And I had already been on the VISN Facebook page and um, a paid member of the, the program for a while. So I had already started doing some of these things and I just, I wanted the whole picture for myself in our hospital. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. You've done such a great job. I've seriously loved watching your journey. It's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) So since starting the program, what do you think is the biggest kind of like aha moment that you've had? And kind of what are some of the favorite things that you've learned that kind of really helped, you know, especially thinking about like, oh, we have negative a gazillion gabapentin (laughs) to like actually being able to track it. Like what kind of like was the journey there? So my I have to say, again, that my biggest aha moment was using the variances because then I could actually go back and track. I mm-hmm. had the why. Um, after that, my my favorite point of it was being able to accurately calculate the, the reorder points and use the calculator that you provided in the CVIP course, which is amazing, by the way. You should take it if anybody's listening out there. Um, but it's you actually get to use real data to to produce those reorder points, not just, oh, we're going into spring, so I should probably order more Apoquel, or, hey, it's barbecue season, let's order Serenia. You know, you know exactly what size Serenia should you get. How much should you get? What's your lead time on these products? You know, because especially during COVID times, your lead time plays a huge part of are you going to run out or not? And being able to have those tools in your toolbox it's amazing. And it's definitely, you know, it's priceless to have for your practice. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for kind of like knowing and understanding your lead time, because I think, you know, absolutely to your point, a lot of times we're like, Oh, you know, normally we keep five bottles on the shelf, but now it's coming into spring. So maybe we should keep seven. Right. But now with our using our data, we can a, you know, more accurately create a picture we kind of quantify what's low and then lead time you know if all of a sudden maybe something for example we don't want to handle class two controlled substances that have a much longer lead time because we have to mail in a two 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 form versus something that's going to come overnight so kudos to you on that because yeah that's a really big kind of like important differentiator there yeah it definitely makes it easier you know and you know for anybody who's like kind of looking into this, you know, what are the lead times or anything else? Other things to consider with your lead times are the weather. And that's one of the things that happened this summer that I I don't think I've seen before was Zoetis wasn't shipping vaccines because we were in a heat wave. And I was like, oh, no. So Ooh. nobody thinks that the weather is something else that you have to factor in. But I mean, there's so many facets that go into being an inventory manager, including the weather that (laughs) you don't don't think about ahead of time. So if you have that kind of idea, and I did from, like I said, from taking this course, it was one of those things that had, you know, come up in one of the, one of the pillars. It was like, you know, all different factors to to consider. It was in there. And when I saw it, I wasn't completely shocked. I was like, okay, I, I knew about this. I'm ready for this. Yeah, I'm prepared for this. I've trained for this. Yes, I've trained for this. We're ready. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think I remember some of my really best. So I'm in Montana. The winters sometimes can be like negative 20, negative 30, negative 40. And so I think I remember like my first winter and like I think a whole like batch of vaccines like completely froze oh no it was like you know it was just bad so that's why i was like okay keep remind keep track of the weather yeah (laughs) good tip good tip (laughs) yes 
So now, um, recently you shared a huge, phenomenal, amazing win of reducing your cost of goods from 23% to 17%. So first of all, like, let's a huge celebrate that moment because that's amazing. <laughs> yes. So, yes. <laughs> what are some things that you did to achieve that? What kind of went into that? Oh, there's a laundry list of things. Um, first of all, take it, like I said, taking the CVI course allowed me to do this. And I will say up front, there is nothing else in the world that would have made this happen without this course and without you. So huge kudos and congratulations and big, big thank yous to you. Um, Because like I said, it wouldn't have happened. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the um, first things that I had actually started working on prior to the course were the ABC cycle counts. So, you know, you print out that that, you know, inventory sheet from Avamark, and it's just a list of items. Some of them are obsolete. Some of them aren't. They're all over the place. It's not really organized per the hospital. So I was talking to my husband about this, and he runs a lab, so everything has to be mise en place in its place. Everything has a place, and there's a place for everything. So he was like, why don't you make process sheets? So I took the ABC list and I took out, you know, the, the top 15, you know, double A items and gave them to my pharmacists and because they know where everything is in the hospital. After that, I actually put it in a spreadsheet that had the medication, how it's counted by bottle, by pill, by box, by, you know, dose. Then I had the next column was where is the main location? Where are you going to find this in the hospital? Next column was the backup location. Then we had your final full count, your Avamark count, and was it adjusted? So instead of having just this sheet that has four pages worth of information on it, I pared it down. You have one sheet. You have one item a day to count. That's it. Every single staff member has one item a day to count. They don't have to come in on the weekends. We don't have to clock out. We don't have, I mean, not clock out, but we don't have to shut down and lose productive time to do these physical counts. Mm-hmm. And um, that just making those count <clears throat> process sheets accessible to everybody and making it easy for them to follow, that was pertinent in getting accurate counts. Because if you have somebody come in on their Saturday off, the first thing they want to do is count quick so I can get out. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're not going to get those accurate counts. If I make it easy, you're already here anyway. It's one item today. That's it. I'm not asking a lot they're more apt to say, all right, well, you know what? I have this week's worth of count sheets. I have time now. I'm just going to do the whole week now, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm incredibly lucky that I have staff that's actually up and, and will do it. And, you know, they're, they're dedicated to accurate counts. Um, I guess the next thing I did was uh, invest in a pill counter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have orthopedic surgeries. So, you know, some of those patients go home with 120 plus you know, gabapentin hundreds. So they can put it on the pill counter, run it through. They don't have to sit there and manually count everything out, which that saves, you know, even a couple tablets here and there. But when I have five orthopedic surgeries a week, a couple tablets for each surgery that don't get counted properly, it really adds up. So that was a, that was a big, you know, not a big investment. They're not that expensive, but they will pay for themselves within the first quarter. Yes, they're, they're, I mean, they're, I think they're less than $3,000 for the smaller ones. Um, we have the RX4, but it will pay for itself immediately. 
for you. So you don't have to worry about that one. It's not that bad. Um, I also implemented Cubex into the hospital. We had had it. It wasn't set up when I came in. We actually set up the entire Cubex. And it's, I have a love-hate relationship with Cubex. It is wonderful. It's great. It cuts down on your dispensing errors. It provides accountability and traceability to be able to fix those issues. You know, why do I have four Biomox in the drawer and I'm supposed to have six? I can go back and look and see, okay, well, this person pulled out two instead of one, and I can actually, like, pull back any lost, uh, missed charges that way. So that definitely helps. Um, we started an online store. You know, they, they basically let me go and start this online store. And one of the big areas that I think people really forget about are the... Um, I'm sorry, the word's slipping my mind, is the indirect cost. I'm sorry. Yes. So indirect cost for those one-off items, I have one doctor who is amazing dermatologist. So, you know, she has these different little drugs and it's you, you can buy it in, in a box of six only. And I sell one a year. So now yes. I have to buy a six-year supply. <laughs> With that online pharmacy, my clients aren't limited to what they can purchase. And my doctors aren't limited to what they per can prescribe. So that indirect cost of me ordering it, putting it on the shelf, unstock, uh, destocking it once it's expired, you know, everything else, that's all gone. That's a huge savings right there. Um, let's see. I'm reading down my, my list here. Um, our hospital is part of a, a VMG. So we do get, you know, little kickbacks from buying through this VMG, which... If you're a big enough, I don't even think you have to be a big enough hospital, but why not? You know, join a VMG. Instead of, you know, one hospital buying 10 boxes, you can have 10, bo 10 hospitals buying a, a truckload mm -hmm. and get that bulk discount. You might as well take advantage of it while you can. Um, Vetcove, uh, every cent counts. We've been buying generic. Um, and I can go through Vetcove and see which one of my vendors has it cheaper, even if it's by a couple cents. If it's a couple cents and I'm buying 30 of them, it adds up. And then I think the last thing on my list here is that I have clients pay for any special order items before I order them. Because Ooh, that's so smart. That was a, a, a huge area where we were losing. You know, the, the client would say, oh, I'm going to order this. We would order it for them. Come in and then here's all your indirect costs. Take the time to look it up, order it, and put it in the system, price it out. Have the have your technician call and say, "Hey, the medication's here," and they're like, "Oh, I bought it off Chewy." Well, that's <laughs> great, but now I have this product here that I'm not going to sell to anybody else for the next two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have them pay ahead of time. The product comes in; they don't have to worry about it. And it's right there for them. So there was just a couple of the the things. So it made a huge change in in what we've done in the hospital. That is so amazing. Yeah, so smart for like the online pharmacy because, you know, so then you're not having to like stock all these like random one-off products. Right. And it really kind of like streams, streamlines the whole process. And then <clears throat> going back to your cycle counts and having, you know, breaking it out, right? So like 
I think a lot of times when you think of like counting of like shutting down the practice for like two days to do this massive end of the year count. But to your point, why not break it up and make it really easy and simple throughout the year um, with just one product a day? I love that so much. Right. And with, you know, when you tell them exactly where things are, you're mitigating those mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, and if I know people are going to think, oh, well, how do you, you know, how do you prevent diversion or theft if you have one person counting the same thing? I rotate who gets to count what. So no one person is counting the same product over and over and over. Not that I really feel like I have to worry about that in my practice, but it's something that you should you should be aware of at least. Yes. So it's not any one person counting the same item every week, you know, every month, every two months. It always gets rotated through on who counts it. That is so cool. I love it. <laughs> I love it all so much. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. <laughs> so since becoming a CVIP, what does your inventory look like now? And maybe kind of like, like share like a before and after. Like what was it kind of like? And now what is it like? Okay. So before, you know, being able to streamline everything, it was, you know, Monday morning, come in, pull the tags, you know. We have a tag box and pull those out, make sure everything's there. But then I would still have to go through and double check everything. I'd still have to go through all of the cabinets and just make sure the tags were actually pulled because the reorder points weren't accurate. So I might have, you know, a, a tag pulled and there's 10 left on the shelf, but that's not accurate. And I, I know that from doing it for, you know, two years at the hospital, that that's not an accurate reorder point. And then we have to go through every drug in QBAX, every drawer, make sure everything's the same. Now... I can, you know, pull those tags. I know they're accurate. If I have a question about one of the tags, I can actually go into my, into Avalmark, what's on hand. And I know that's accurate because of my cycle counts. And then I can print my reorder point. And as long as the three jive, I know, okay, this is an item I have to, you know, I have to order. But when ordering before, you know, on a, on a good week would take, you know, three hours in the morning to go through and check everything. Now I can go in, I pull my tags, I check it off here, I can visually check here. I can get all of my orders in and get my POs done by noon on Monday. You know, and that leaves me free to continue to, you know, clean up those categories. If anything's obsolete, move it out of there, move it to an obsolete category. But it, it allows me now to really get into the bone, like into the the flesh of the inventory system, you know, pull these little things out that we haven't used in two years. It doesn't need to be in an active list. You know, I can throw it in obsolete. And the other thing with the obsolete columns is I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I 100% recommend creating obsolete categories for each one of the categories you have in Avamark. So if you have flea and tick, you know, make an obsolete flea and tick one. You know, especially with our Hills food, because there's 9,000 Hills products (laughs) (laughs) and we've moved to, you know, having most of our food sales online. I'm finding by having all of those extra ones that don't carry in hospital, putting those in the obsolete category, um, I have less active ones. So I have less mistakes in charging. So less of the wrong code being pulled, you know, and you never want to delete an item because then you delete that item's history. So if you have that obsolete, you throw it in there, you still have all your history, you can still pull it out if you need to, but you're not risking having any inaccurate charges. 
Yes. I love, I'm a huge fan. Well, not only for like to kind of like reduce the number of inaccurate codes by obsoleting them, but I also just like having a clean inventory list yes. and I don't have like, <laughs> when I go into Apple markets, not a bunch of active and inactive. I'm like, no, we're moving yeah. all these obsolete ones out of here. <laughs> yes. And it's so much nicer when you click on a page and there's 10 items to count instead of, you know, 10 hundred, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would absolutely agree. <laughs> so um, what would you say to others that are looking to improve their inventory, but they're not really quite sure where to start? What would you kind of recommend for them? 100%. You know, if the minimum you can do is go on VISN on Facebook, go on there. Um, you're not alone. You're not in this little inventory cocoon by yourself. Go on, you know, go on the inventory Facebook page. If your hospital, uh, you know, allows it, get the pay scale on VISN. It has, it has helped me immensely, even on those days where mentally I'm shot and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Go on VISN. Use the information that's there. Granted, or I'm sorry, usually if you have an issue, somebody else has already had it. Probably 10 somebody else's have already had that issue. We all know what it is. We can help. We can, you know, and if we can't, we can tag you and you can help. (laughs) But (laughs) go, you know, do what you can, you know, if do the free level on VISN. I guarantee that once you do the free level, you're going to want to do the paid level as well <laughs> because there's, there's just so much information out there and, and do it. If you take over an inventory position today, get on there tomorrow. You know, if you're a practice manager, get on there. That way, you know what's going on in the inventory world so that you can support your inventory manager. Yes, I know. I think there's like, one of the biggest things like when I first started is I had, I was in my little inventory cocoon because it was mm-hmm. before Facebook groups and it was before all that. And that was like the first thing that I did when I started VetLogic. I was like, I'm making a Facebook group because yes. I don't want anyone else to feel alone. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually how I found you was I literally went to the search bar on Facebook and put veterinary inventory and your beautiful face popped up and I was like, <laughs> cool. it was like the, the angels started singing and the lights came down and <laughs> it was a whole moment. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we found each other. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so you worked so incredibly hard to become a CVP and re- CVIP and reduce your inventory costs. What's coming up next for you? So right now I want to be able to refine our PIMS more. You know, I, I don't I don't want to make this huge project. I want to just start doing little things. You know, right now our orthopedic equipment and our consumables are all in the same category. Mm. And I know that throws off numbers. So there's each individual screw, there's got to be 9,000 line items in there. I mean, so <laughs> I, I want to be able to pull out, you know, this, this drill shouldn't be in the same category as the screw that's a consumable. So I'm going to start trying to, to pair those out, get that a little bit more streamlined. Um, and then go through and, you know, like I said, with all the SKUs that we have, I want to make sure that I can get all of my reorder points set, you know, to a point where each year, every six months, 
I can go through and update it. And it's not updating every single thing. It's going to be updating, you know, the ones that I know need to be changed. So basically just kind of flesh it out a little bit more and, and get everything a little bit more streamlined and nice and tight. Yeah, I think that sounds like such a great plan, especially when that hospital supplies and consumable category can just be so all-encompassing that it's just like way too much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very overwhelming. And you just got to take little bites out of it. You can't, you know, can't move mountains in a day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so you know how much I love to celebrate around here. So yes. <laughs> is there a particular win, big or small, that you feel really proud of accomplishing just for your career in general, your inventory, your practice? Well, number one is definitely, you know, getting my CVIP certification. Um that was one of those things that after after I'd had my accident, I pretty much was like, well, my career in veterinary med is over. I can't, you know, I can't get down on the floor with these patients. I can't stand to do this. You know, what is what is my worth now? You know, what is my worth to this animal hospital if I can't do the things that I need to do as a technician? And having that idea in my head that, hey, there's going to be a certification out there. There's going to be something coming on. That was it really was my incentive. And I have to thank you so much because you and I had talked years ago, two years ago about this program. And that's been one of the driving things behind is like, Hey, this is coming. This is coming. This is coming. You're going to be validated, you know, and it's helped so much. So thank you again for that. Um, and one of the other things that I'm proud of is that this year for the same time period this year versus last year, I reduced my pharmacy cost by 35%. And that's also because of you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. I can like, like, like tearing up. <laughs> You're not allowed to cry because then I'll cry and it'll just be a big thing. <laughs> they won't let us do this ever again. <laughs> right, they're like, okay, no more. <laughs> the Shelly and Nicole show can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> too funny <laughs> so do you have any words of wisdom or advice for newer inventory managers or just even inventory managers in general uh yeah actually this is a this is a big thing that i want to make sure that practices know invest in your inventory staff you know one of the biggest expenses that your hospital has is payroll and inventory and that inventory button right there, you can save so much money. You know, there's there's so many things that you can do. And that inventory manager, person, technician, whatever they consider themselves, they need your support. They, I can guarantee most of them feel like they're probably on an island by themselves when they take over because it's so overwhelming at times. Um, support your practice inventory person with as much as you can. Pay for this course. Um you know, show them the, the online sites, show them everything. And when they have questions, entertain their questions. Don't just, you know, don't just say, I, I don't know, figure it out. That's not yeah. going to help you. That's not going to help your practice. That's not going to help you save money. It's, you know, it's, I was very fortunate in the fact that my hospital was, and my practice owner and uh, the practice administrator were behind me 100%. And when I had seen some of the things, the, the responses come up to the letter you had posted on why, you know, um, why you should take this course or why you should encourage your inventory managers to take this course, it, it hurt. You know, it hurt my heart because this is a huge 
part of animal hospitals. And guess what? If you and I don't order inventory, you can do temps. You can do respiratory rates and heart rates. And sometimes not even temperatures because I order thermometers too. So if I don't order those, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) You feel the forehead, see how they feel, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, support, support your inventory staff, help them and encourage your staff to help them as well. And if anybody out there is responsible for planning conferences, um, add inventory to it. I was looking at ACVC coming up in October and I was like, oh, this is going to be exciting. What can I add? And there is not one session at all for three days. There's not one session that has to do anything with inventory. And I think that's a whole genre of veterinary professionals that are getting left behind. Mm-hmm. And that's really yes. unfortunate. And that's, that's, I think that's part of the reason why you have such a huge pull in the veterinary inventory in industry with everyone I know, you know, there's a, a bunch of us in the, in the uh, CVIP course that, you know, we fall all over you because it's finally we're being recognized. So if you get a chance to, to, to plan a conference, if you're planning anything, add inventory to it. We'll love you for it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes I think I'm like, is it because inventory doesn't seem like such a fun topic, but it's so, I mean, you know, it's so necessary and there's like nothing out there. I remember I was like speaking at Midwest and um, literally it was like standing room only. I had like people in the back because it was, there were so many people that were just like craving that direction of like, what do I do for my inventory? Like, where do I go next? I, I don't know what to do. So. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, we definitely have people like you to thank out there. I think you're one of a kind, obviously. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else like you out there, but um, yeah, if, if that could get off the ground, that would, it would help so many more practices. Yeah. One of my like dream is to have like an inventory and systems conference, like where we all, all we do is like learn about operations and inventory. I'm like, so that's I'm my in. dream. I, I, got my, I got my plane ticket the Montana bought. I'm in. <laughs> I would do it definitely somewhere fun. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I would not make everyone come out here and be like, Mm, what do we do here? <laughs> <laughs> anything else that you'd like to share with us? Anything, any last thoughts? I don't think so. I think we covered everything pretty much, but I mean, you know, get out there, take the CVIP course. You're going to have at the end of this course, you're going to have a literal book on how to do everything inventory-wise in your hospital. You're going to have every single SOP. How do I place an order? How do I receive an order? And that's one of the things that that I loved about it was I look at everything like, if something happens to me tonight, can my practice still continue? And the CVIP course made that possible because it gives you literally a track to follow. And you actually get that information you have at the end of it, you have this huge binder that you need a mule team to pull, but it's, <laughs> but it is 100% worth it. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's like making sure you have a win the lottery policy. Like if you win the lottery, you know, like, yep. and like, so you can take a vacation or you can have yeah. a day off and like, you know, you can actually do that without like, you know, it crumbling a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I want you to take a vacation. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Shelly, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was so much fun chatting with you. And I just really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom and expertise. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.